Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. What's up, Confluencers? Welcome back to another exciting episode. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy December! Out of all the months in the year, December is my favorite. And maybe I'm biased because it is my birthday month. But hey, I'm so happy to see it. I allowed everybody to live and relish in their moment. And I'm one that celebrates all month long. So allow me to reintroduce myself. It is the birthday girl. I hope all is well in your world and your holiday season is off to a fabulous start, honey. 2020 holiday season is hitting a little different. Thanksgiving was a little different. It was borderline depressing. I am used to being surrounded by friends and family, particularly my mother. But due to old age underlining issues and reasons, we just didn't want to take that chance. But I pray that you can find joy and comfort somewhere. And I want your holiday season to be whatever you want it to be. I I just, that's my wish for you. Listen, we made it through a whole year of social distancing, a pandemic, a breakup, a pick me up and go on in Jesus name. You deserve it. Go out with some kind of boom, bang, a bing. Okay. I just knew that COVID would be over by now. And boy, was I wrong, but I am learning how to adjust. That's what this year should have taught you. Adjust, baby, and adapt, but don't fold. Now, we are in December, and we're still trying to figure this COVID thing out, but guess what? You will figure it out. And I just want you to know that... I know I cuss on this podcast. Sometimes I cry, but I always keep it real. I just want you to know that God is still in control. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Doesn't matter who's in the White House, who's the president, who's the mayor, whoever. God is in control. And if it's happiness that you want, it's happiness that you should get after. And that's all I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. Because, you know, I could break into some tears in a moment. But I'm going to leave it at, at that. I hope you had the opportunity to listen to last week's episode with speaker extraordinaire Cass Dotson. First... I brought her on to talk about grieving with grace. And last week, we talked about that hallelujah in our spirit. 
And we touched on the things that we are thankful for. I hope y'all know we are better than blessed. Still. Please go and check that episode out if you hadn't had the opportunity. And just know, if she can pull herself out of the muck in Myra Clay, you can too. Your community of women is here to support you. So, this week's episode is a little near and dear to my heart. It gave me a reason to stop and say, am I walking into my purpose? And this is a season of new birth for me. So I had to bring on my line sister, the doula extraordinaire, because she is literally helping women give birth to life, literally and figuratively. Ladies of Confluence, please welcome and whoop it up for my guest this week, Miss Denise Kirby. Whoop, 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 whoop. Line sister. Hey, Charlie, what's going on? Listen. How are you feeling this evening? I'm on this Jesus juice. <laughs> I love it. I I'm love on it. this Jesus juice because I'm stressed. You know, I'm not that person. I'm too blessed to be stressed. That's the damn line. <laughs> I'm stressed and I'm at okay you stressed and a mess you are not by yourself this is definitely an unusual time for all of us so i will concur with that my rock is on the phone everybody hello everybody. Tell everybody who you are i am the rock <laughs> just kidding <laughs> my name is hortense denise edwards kirby and i am um, the sole proprietor of a business called Field of Dreams, which um, actually the service is a doula. And for those that don't know what a doula is, I'm a labor coach. So I help women through childbirth. That's who I am. And I'm here to talk to my line sister about a little bit more about what I do. But I'm so glad to be here. Listen, because let me tell you, I labeled today. I don't know if I delivered much. <laughs> you know what? I labeled a lot. You know what? That is really the root of what I do. Why I chose the business that I'm in. As women, we labor daily in multiple fashions. The act of giving birth is kind of what we were born to do. And not just physical birth. We do it in so many ways. That's exactly why I do what I do. Knowing that childbirth itself is to me a very ultimate uh, experience for women, but all of us are laborers. So whether or not you had a baby ever, as a woman, I guarantee you, you have something inside of you that you need to birth. And henceforth, that's why I call my business Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, because see, I can get you through this baby, but I can get you through these dreams too. Exactly. Anything that needs to come out of you, and most of us have all these things inside of us that we just won't release. 
And so henceforth, that's why the name is Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah, my circle is so dope. (laughs) My circle is dope. I am blessed. I just interviewed our other line sister, you know, the the fashion designer. Yes, with Letty. Yes. Honey, yes. And so I said, you know, I'm just a lonely teacher. Well, Letty's like, no, you're a superstar. <laughs> you are. You are. You are the character. You are the, you're the person. You're the, you're definitely the face of our line. And I'm very proud to call you my line sister because you're doing some really great things. Well, thank you, and you are too, and that's why I wanted to bring you on a podcast to talk more in detail about it, because, you know, it's a lot of um, baby making happening <laughs> right now. Right now, yes, as we speak. <laughs> as we speak, right? But yes. there are a lot of people giving birth yes, there to is. a lot of things, because COVID has removed the veil. Yeah, it has. Yes, it has. Like, whatever you, it was holding you, you know, hostage, definitely now is the time to cut the strings and get out of bondage. Yes, it is. I totally agree. We all have something inside of us that we've ignored for far too long, to be honest. And, and it's like that thing that keeps nagging at us and it's not going away. COVID gave, gave us space to realize those things. So I totally agree. This we have to, it has been the best situation for everyone, but we can actually come out of this on a better side of things if we look at it a little different. Look at it a little different. Yeah. Okay. So what made you go into the area of becoming a doula? Okay, and I'll try my best to make this short because it's a pretty emotional story from my point of view. But I just I'll share your story, honey. That's what connects us all is the sharing of the story. And it's really I went to U of H really as a biology major. So initially I wanted to be an OBGYN. Took a couple of classes, chemistry, biology, and I just was not interested in any of that. I didn't see success on my side. So just looking toward the future. I knew in order to be an OBGYN, I would be going through multiple years of medical school, of residency, and all of those things. And ultimately, I had to make a choice for myself that I wasn't really the, I wasn't willing to sacrifice those years because at the time, what was most important for me was a family. I knew I wanted to be a mom. Now, what that looked like at 18, I had no clue. But in my future, I knew I wanted to be a mother. And so... I changed my major to psychology. I talked to one of the uh, advisors and they said, get into something that you like and whatever you like, then something will come out of it. And I truly believe that's what's happened. I changed my degree to psychology because I like people. And my first psychology class of my freshman year, one of my teachers invited a midwife to the class and she gave us kind of an after-class type of summary of midwifery and what they do. And I was intrigued, beyond intrigued, the the type of intrigue that takes you back to your dorm room where you do your personal research and figure out of what Mm. you want to do. So at 18, what I didn't did know at that time is that I hope to experience childbirth and I hope to experience experience it naturally with no medicine. And I did not want to be in a hospital. I made that decision at 18. 
So I continued to kind of look into it and look into the different um, schools of midwifery and things of that stuff. And I saw so, and I was impressed, but I didn't really want to go to very few midwifery schools in, in the nation as well. And so then as I talked to different midwives, I figured out that there was doulas. There were women who assist other women through childbirth. And I kind of want to explain the difference between a midwife and a doula. Because explain. Uh, huh? Explain. So a midwife is there for the actual delivery of a baby. Their main focus is getting the baby out of the mother, a healthy child, right? So although that's a concern of the doula, my focus is the health and experience of the mother. So I'm more focused on the actual mom and the experience that she has during childbirth. Like, I totally believe in medicine, so I'm not opposed to hospitals and things like that. What I do believe that a woman body is going to do what it's going to do. So we have to create the experience we want. So for uh, me, I chose at 30 to have my child in a birthing center with a midwife and a doula and no medicine around. So I didn't have any type of, um, you know, interventions or anything like that. And I was initially opposed by my ex-husband at the time, my sister, my mom. They all thought I was out of my mind, but I was able to do childbirth, you know, and it was lengthy with my first daughter with no interventions uh, in a birthing center and at home literally six hours later. And it, and, you know, we were both healthy. My daughter's about to be 12 and I'm, and, and she's healthy herself as well. So the tr I always go back to when I was 18 because that's when my interest, that's when that burning fire was inside of me and I didn't know what it was. But I've been in human resources now for almost since 2001. So about 19 years, that's been my career path. But my passion has been doula, childbirth, helping women. And so I actually took off of work uh, three years ago to go back to get my certification for to become a doula. So I just took off of work, paid the money, did my classes, and in turn, put start putting in the work as a doula. And the last three years, I started my business in 2018. The last few years have been the most amazing fulfilling years for me. And I'm not saying that like my human resources, because I do have a passion toward people and helping people, but my passion toward childbirth has really gave my life what it's needed. So that is truly why I do what I do. I want to help women. I want women to have the type of birth they want to experience. And that does not mean I'm trying to convince someone not to use medicine or not going to the hospital. I will go into a hospital with a woman and still create the atmosphere and the surroundings that she chooses for her childbirth. Does that make sense, Lonsa? That makes sense. Okay. So people come in there. Um, no, no, no. So people pay you, line sister, to come in there and make the atmosphere. They pay me <laughs> in some way. So it's when I say the atmosphere, it's about childbirth education. I meet people. I meet people typically their third trimester. So whether they have a partner or not, I meet them and talk about what they want that experience to be like. If they want medicine or not medicine, vaccination, no vaccination, the things that they probably can't articulate during childbirth, I actually help them create a birth plan for that. 
I teach them comfort measures. So we go through different laboring techniques to use, like doing early labor and doing actual like active labor. There's different things you should be doing, different things you should be eating um, as you prepare for birth. So it's all about nutrition. It's about different labor techniques. But yes, it is part of that. I want the music to be there. I want candles. If you want silence, if you want lights, no lights, if you want your foot massaged or whatever the case may be, I'm making sure that those things happen for you doing that experience. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Listen, I think I remember, you know, I'm um listen, I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. You got this. But I remember giving birth to my son 16 years ago. It'll be 16 years at the end of this mm -hmm. month. And I still remember you asking me. I think I was huge. <laughs> Baldy poly. And you still, do you remember that? And you was like, are you going to get some uh, anesthesia? Uh -huh, I did actually. I was like, yes. You did. <laughs> I'm like, do you know? Because at the time, see, I'm bigger now than I was when I weighed in. At nine months, okay. Right. Um, you stopped. But it. I was like, uh, yes. I was like, um, they said this baby's gonna be a nine pound baby. Yeah, I'm gonna need some, cause I knew that I wanted to give birth to him through a vaginal delivery. I I knew that for that much. That was in my birthing right. plan. Right. Right. I, I, cause you and my mom was so pushing no medicine, no right. medicine. I was like, right. I, I got have some. They say his head is the size of a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> and see, most women, and this again, I'm not, I'm not here to convince anyone not to. Most women will choose medication because it's available. But women have been given birth for centuries without medication, mm -hmm. number one. And number two, I guarantee you, medicine or not, that baby's gonna come out, right? And so there is regardless, regardless, it's gonna baby is gonna come out. There's a pain threshold that I talk to women about. So you know, we have our signs and our cues. I ask nobody, you know, that's part of your experience. You, I don't want you to be in labor for 10 or 15 hours in pain where it's unbearable. So you go as far as your mind and body tells you to go. And when you look at me and say that enough is enough then any interventions that you may need. But what women don't know is there's so many other options that you could do like before an epidural. Everybody's so comfortable and know about epidurals, but the type of other medicines you can get through an IV or gas that you can, that's available in birthing centers that they can give you like you get in the dentist's office, they don't even explore those options with you. So a lot of times women just need the edge taken off. Not all women, but some if they can get that edge taken off, they can make it through the worst of it and not have to be fully medicated like an epidural. So I think, and I say this because I think this is a very, very important. Mortality among minority women and ch children are higher than any other race, especially black women. One of my goals mm. is to reduce the amount of mortality, especially for first time moms and their babies, because I, we got to bring that rate down. And that rate is up because of miseducation. So you have a lot of young women that are going into the hospitals or the doctor's office being told things. And because they doctor said so, it's like, okay. But they don't know the appropriate questions to ask. Uh, if you ask any of my clients 
after the fact when when I talk to them, because I'm still I'm a postpartum doula as well, which means I deal with lactation and helping with breastfeeding. So I spend time with women after birth as well. But they tell me quite a bit. Thank you for being my voice. Right. I wasn't able to ask that question or whatever. You know, my water was broken for an extended amount of time. And you told the doctors, we got to do something now. We're not going to wait, you know, because infection may set up. So women are not really truly able to be advocate, advocates for themselves. And even if they have a support team around them, they don't know the right questions to ask. And then typically their spouse or partner or boyfriend, um, they freaked out and they and I support them as well, right? I look at them and say, let me give you a break. Step out of the room. I got this for a minute. And then their partners are very, you know, really grateful to have a break as well because they don't want to, you know, hear the extent of what um, what's really going on doing it. So I think that's another benefit of having a doula. I was going to say, what does advocacy look like for a doula? So in general, I find out everything I need to have prior to delivery, right? So as I'm creating the birth plan, we talk about various things, what you want to see happen in the event that, you know, cesarean is necessary. What does that look like? Um, whether or not, what kind of pain medication, what order do you want it to go in if you choose medication? So in general, you know, I'm allowed to go into the birth room, labor room with them. So I'm watching, I'm watching the blood pressure. I'm seeing everything. And I don't, I do not make myself to be a medical expert. That is not how I would ever market myself. But what I do is study a woman's body, the things that happen during labor. That's where I focus my expertise on. So I can say, um, you know, to the doctors, I don't really say it to the doctors. What I do is say it to the woman or say it to the partner to give them a voice to talk because it's never my decision. The information has to come from either the le woman laboring or the partner in the room. But I can be an advocate and remind them, like if, if they are asked a question, you know, I usually have a board up doing all my labor with all their wants and desires on there. So if they have a question about whether or not they want to use vitamin E or eye drops or whatever the case may be, we've already walked through all that. So I can just remind them by having my board or my birth plan available and tell them what we've discussed about. Because we go from early stages of labor to active labor to postpartum stuff. You know, do you want immediate vaccinations for your child? Do you want your kids to be taken out your room? Do you want bonding time immediately after you birth? Or would you like the baby to be taken away at that time? Like we talk through everything. So I'm kind of like a reminder so they don't have to be so on top of things where they feel pressure by the doctors asking them questions or the nurses, if that makes sense. Wow. Okay. See, you know, I think this is important for people to know because I did see that statistic on the news the other day that our, uh, when I say our African-American women, our children are dying um, as far as childbirth mm -hmm. is concerned at a higher rate than any other race. And I was like, well, why is that? And you hit it on the nail. Miseducation. Yeah. Like, miseducation can stop so It can. Much. So and much. we live a lot about what, uh, what our parents have shown us and or what I am. And to be honest, as a as a community, African-Americans don't, we don't share those experiences in death. And most of our parents, like my mom, talking about 
baby, you won't know it till you get there. I don't, you know, that she didn't give me any details on what to look forward to or what I should be asking, you know? And my mom had three mm-hmm. kids of her own, but ultimately when she sat in that birthing room with me, she said she educated herself. She learned some stuff she didn't know, right? So I think that I just wanted to take, and again, I would hope that women after, you know, utilizing my services will feel more empowered and learning and knowing themselves because I tell people my not really tagline but I would say a staple line for me is that no birth experience is the same so don't try to mark what's going to happen with you by somebody else's listen to your body Mm -hmm. make your plan and make a plan if your plan don't work like we're going to go through all of that together so you won't have any unrealistic expectations because the whole idea is not for you to make it perfect you know or but it's knowing how to deal what happens when it happens and that's the lack of education women will sit and suffer they know their body they know that that baby they haven't felt that baby move in the last hour or two and they're not saying anything right and before they know it it's too late you know and I just it's devastating you know and the loss of a child again I I can only imagine after you done got big and gained all this weight Listen, I don't want, I, I used to, I used to say when I was pregnant with my son, I don't want to walk in a hospital with another person and leave out with nothing. That was my biggest yep. Yep. fear. That was my biggest it, fear. If I walk in with somebody, I need to leave right. with somebody. Just in my, in my arms, in my hands, yep. in a carrier. But I don't want to leave out alone. Like I don't want to go through all of this work for nothing so I was very in tune I did have a birth plan I did you know have a line sister that was into doula work and you know told me I needed a birth plan a plan of action I mean literally everything that I wanted to happen in that room you told me to do it yes I did it and that was in oh 2004 because you you came to see me the next day I after did. he was born to make sure. Yeah, I yeah. Did. I, I still I, did. I was surprised, but I remember. <laughs> and I can remember the look on your face. And again, it's so <laughs> it's so fulfilling for me. Not that it's just amazing and everyone's so joyful. It's like I did this my way, right? And that's all that matters, right? As a doula, that's where I'm because they do look at you crazy when you say this is my birth plan. Thank you. Right, 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 right. Like that because they do want to sell you on what they exactly. want to do, right? But I had everything in there from he should be given to his yes. father in the first three minutes of his yes. life. If, if father's not available, then the next immediate person should yes. be. Yes, that detail that's, that's important. important, though, right? That's important. Mm-hmm. It's important decision. Uh, a, a, no, it is a life-changing moment. It's not right. a decision. It's a life-changing moment that you will actually remember for years to come. I sometimes can't remember where my right, keys right. are, but I, I remember the day that I came. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I totally agree. I remember it. And, you know, and I tell people, I remember the pain. Like, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it for nobody. I remember what it felt like, you know, to push so hard thinking whatever's inside of me is not coming out. Right. I remember that. But I wanted to. Right. But I remember, too, 
um, that in my birth plan, I was able to eat throughout, eat and drink. So I had so much energy. I wasn't tired, you know what I'm saying? By the time I had my baby, both baby girls were born in birthing centers with no medication. But by the time I had them, I was, you know, I was up and running. Like, I, that's what I envisioned because I knew, like, because I didn't have them in the hospital, they needed to see a pediatrician at some point. And I knew I didn't want to send them with someone else. So in my mind, it was like, you have to make sure you're okay. You're not heavily medicated or anything like that. And you have to be able to take your daughters to the pediatrician. You have to be there for the first visit. So all of that was motivating for me. The other thing I'll say, and I think that this, this is a testament or a testimony on my part, is that childbirth was, for me, is probably my biggest testimony. At the time when I got pregnant, I really was in a deep, I won't say debate, but I was in a big place in my life where my faith was being tested. And I wanted to know, God, if you are as big as you say you are, and people, some people don't believe you should do this, but I know my God, and we had this type of relationship. If you are as big as you say you are, you allow me to experience this in this manner, and I will give you all the credit and honor for it. You know, so again, that was wow. my testimony, and that's why I did what I did. The biggest faith was God, if you created, because when I was before I actually left Houston to get married, I was going through the adoption process. I don't know if you even know that line, sister, but I wanted kids, and I didn't think I was going to get married anytime soon, but I had a good job, so I was like, I can adopt. And when I met my ex-husband, he asked me to stop the process for a little bit, you know, and, and we kind of explored our relationship and ended up getting married. And I ended up getting pregnant about a year or so later. But I was ready to be a mother. So when I was ready to actually give birth, uh, and again, mind you, when I said 18, I said I wanted to be a mother. I never said I wanted to give birth. So birth wasn't really a factor in my mind. I just knew I wanted to be a mother. But at the time that I was actually going to give birth, I said, God, if you created my body to deliver, I want to give you the glory for doing exactly what you said you created my body to do. And that was my building of my faith and my testimony. And so I do believe it had a huge impact on my relationship and trust that God can do anything. Right. And if you ask for it, he yeah. will give it to you. Right. And that's what I wanted. Like I said, and I think it's definitely as a doula, when we when I talk about pain and pain measures and comfort, it's mind over matter. You know what you want. You know how much pain you can take. And that's your decision as a woman. Mine truly was a faith walk. And that's what why I went through the experience the way that I did. it. Wow. 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 What a it testimony. Was. It was. It always what will be. a testimony. Yeah. Yeah, because, see, that's when I knew, funny, right? Because, you know, we think of God as an enigma, really. You know, like, it's just this phenomenon. We, I, I grew up in a church. We heard about what the works right. he can do. But it's two things in my life that I knew that he really existed. He existed. He was real. It's no joke. I mean, I may, I cuss, but I love Jesus a right, whole right, lot, right? right? I may sin, but I still of know course. where my help comes from. Um, but it was the day that I mm -hmm. gave birth to my mm -hmm. son. Right? Because here I was, like, I think I was 164 when I weighed in at six weeks pregnant. Wish I could weigh in 164. <laughs> <a day>, but... <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. 
And I, I weighed in at 204, mm-hmm. right? And I wasn't even nine months pregnant. Yeah, I, I had him early because I was so sad because I couldn't make it to homecoming that year. I had him early. And I remember being my stomach being this huge well of a situation. And then this baby came through the loins yes, of my body. And then I behold a beautiful child that looked identical to me. I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is crazy. This baby looks like me. You know, this is this is my baby. Like, I am yes. a mother. And I did it through, like, my blood. I labored. I, well, godly. I, I learned the definition labor. of yeah. labor that day. Because I sweat yes. like a dog. Like, I, I wish they had eye <laughs> watches then. So I see I'm in the cabinet. Right, like, right. That's some labor. It's labor. It, it is. It's a. La- it's truly a labor of love. A labor of love. And I remember pushing with all my might, like, Lord, is this thing going? And when I felt like I was giving mm-hmm. up, they said, Yes, He's at here. that point. And I remember it just like that. At, at the point where I just. I was like, I can't. Yeah. I don't have no more strength. I can't go. Yeah. I can't push. They like come dig on, dig deep. deep. I don't have it. Yeah. Oh, and you bear down with your everything, yep. and you just and you push, push through. And that's what you know. And again, that's your beautiful birth story. And you know, it's gonna be different for so many people. My last uh, client recently that had a baby during this COVID experience. You know, her she was her first child. Her husband was in the room other than that it was just me but her mother wasn't even allowed to be in there and it was so devastating for her and her mother's actually one of my high school classmates we graduated together and so it was so crazy because I was I was there when her when she was born the actual my client and so it it was an emotional time because um I fell in love with her when her mom had her and she used to tell, she told her mom all the time, like, this is so amazing for me because I used to wish she was my mom. Like, we all took care. We were still in high school at the time. And so, you know, how everybody, the whole village just kind of started being this baby's mom. But then I'm here by her side as she's giving birth, which was amazing. And what was crazy, because her mom couldn't be there. She was on the first floor at the hospital. We managed to let up the blinds on the first floor of this hospital floor and she had anywhere from 15 to 20 of her family members looking in and cheering her on as she was giving birth and it was just so amazing but unusual because I myself with my second daughter I had about 25 people in the room as I pushed just various people from family members to friends or whatever but she could not with COVID they're not allowing a lot of people in the room. And so that experience is being changed. But we FaceTime, so they were able to see the baby come out through FaceTime. But technology is providing a lot of room and space now for you to be able to share the experience where it would have definitely been different uh, before COVID. So those are some of the challenges right now. But we will work around it. And what I had committed to, because some hospitals are not really allowing doulas in, right? Some will, with your credentials, they'll allow you in, like my last birth. But some hospitals are saying no. So for some of my clients, it's going to be a FaceTime experience. I can work with them up until the time that they actually 
go into labor, but when they go into the hospital, if I can't be there, um, they're FaceTiming me and I'm just communicating with them over FaceTime while they're in labor. So you, where there's a will, there's a way. It is. You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody that's listening to this podcast? And we keep using these metaphors, but I just, even my son's birth story, I'm like, I, it almost brought me to tears. I don't know if it's the the wine, but you know, this is a tough time for me. It's yes. a tough time for me. And I was like, it's like giving yeah. birth to my son. So what advice would you give to a woman who's struggling to find her way? What metaphors could you help her from a doula standpoint? And to, or That's a really point. good question. If I, you know, and this is definitely off the top of my head, but I want y'all to know I'm feeling it from my spirit to say these things, but create your own path, right? There's been too many roadblocks and challenges that have been put inside our lives or things that have been created by other people. Create your own path, you know, paint your own picture, create your own art, make sure you're designing every experience in your life in a way that becomes fulfilling and memorable for you. Like you have to own all your experience. Stop sitting back and allowing people to either write your story or finish your story. You are the author of your own story. So it's very important that you take control of your life in all areas. You know, when it comes to childbirth, there's an experience out there that nobody else will ever have but you when it's your time and own that. But in all areas of life, I give you that same advice. Create your own story, write your own story and create your own path and walk in it. And no one can tell you you're doing it wrong because it belongs to you. Mm, and push. Even when you can't push. go feel it, see it, believe push it. it all. Push. Yes. Just push. Yes. yes. Bear down. Yes. Bear yes. I mean, blood yes. shot red by your soul. Yes. Like. <laughs> you give me life. But that is it, though. And I tell people when they're pushing, I say push everything. Don't try to hold nothing in. Push like ain't no, everything in you going to come out from the, you know, the the old, the actual arteries in your, just push everything and it'll come out. I guarantee you. And it's time for us to push. It's time for us to get out what's inside of us and all of us. Yeah, and it ain't pretty. And the push part, literally, the pushing, the bear down, and what comes out, it's, it's not, not pretty it's not. initially. But when you yes. give birth to it, it's the most beautiful thing that you could just yeah. behold. Because I remember some stuff <laughs> that came out, right? Even yes. writing the books, I remember some stuff that came out. I go back and I read, like, right. what the hell was I thinking that day? Or I was showing up in my feelings. And then I think about my actual birth story. Like, ooh, yeah. Let's right. not put them pictures up. Because that's right. not what I want the world to see. But just like my books, just like my baby, it mm -hmm. all comes to fruition. But I just had to push and bear down. I you just do that thing. Down to you that you right about that. Listen, my sister, because we, we could talk all day. I know people are shopping for doulas right now. Like I said, it's a lot of things happening it's a lot of things. during COVID. Tell everybody where they can find you so they can either A, book you or you can of coach course. them. Of course, and I'm more dream. than happy to do it. 
uh, virtually. Uh, please look for me, Field of Dreams, on Facebook. My website is www.fodoula.com. That's www.fodoula.com. I have a website. Um, there are a couple birth stories on there and some information about my services, um, but I am definitely here from the people. What I will say too is don't ever let costs, it is a business, but don't let ever let costs be a deterrent to receiving the support you need through your childbirth. So, you know, if you need just a consultation or to talk over some things, that's what I'm here for. And I'm committed to the cause of making sure that women have the birth, birth experience they want. So please feel free to reach out to me anytime. Mm. Don't ever let cost be a deterrent. That's another thing that you put on the dream right there. Because see, we, we allow cost. It's too much. To That's easy to say. It's deterrent. too much. Or I can't afford that. Or that don't, you know, no, no, don't do that to yourself. Because the experience you have is worth everything. So there can't be a price put on it. So again, I just encourage people, you know, you, people that don't, eat, they're just curious about what I do reach out to me and I'll be happy to share more. My sister, what's your definition of a woman mm, of confluence? Um, a woman of confluence is a woman that's able to um, acknowledge, use, and mature the power that they have within them in order to help other people. That's my definition. Yeah, and that because you have to continue to mature your power. Thank you. So, so I, much. I thank you. I thank you for your confluence. I thank you for just being open to have these type of conversations. And again, I'm proud of you, Charlie. And thank you for having me. Well, listen, honey, <laughs> we've been rocking yes, a long, long time. You know, the thing is, uh, with sisterhood. And sororities, you see people on campus and you just say, oh, okay, that's, you know, Tissy right. from Lancaster or that's Charlotte, you know, because I wasn't Charlie at the time, you know, from Oak Cliff. But, you know, it was like immediately like, yeah. I was like, okay, I like her. I like Lion Sister. And always. we just always been tight since. Yeah. Always. We've yep. been tight since it, always. It, I feel like you've been a part of my life yeah. forever. And I would never want to change that. So I do appreciate and thank you for it. Thank you. Love you too. Love you. Yes, line sister. I tell y'all all the time, my circle is dope. And that is my number nine. Thank you, Tensi or better known as Denise for coming onto the show and loving on the ladies. Thank you for sharing your gift, skills, and talent with the ladies of Confluence. Ladies, please go like, follow, and share in the journey because it's about lifting as we climb to connect a community of women. Confluence is a beautiful playground of women trying to do big and beautiful things. 
Well, that's it for me this week. I'm off to trim my tree and make a birthday plan or two. My theme this year is 42. Get it? 42. But I'm standing on and with fortitude. Get it? Y'all know I'm theme malicious. Y'all know that. Until next time, be a contagious influence everywhere you go. Smooches, confluencers. See you next week. Oh, yeah. You want more of what I have to say? Be sure to check out my website at www.iamcharliemarcole.com. There's plenty more.